Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. Thanks for downloading this, and I'm your host, Wes Shank. I'm here today with our co-host, general manager, and workshop teacher, David McDerris. Each week, we review the latest, greatest happenings in wind and solar and how they will impact you and your alternative energy projects. If you'd like more information about anything you've heard on the podcast, check out all of our education resources at windandsolar.com. It includes over 300 YouTube videos that we've produced over the years. Or just reach out to our sales team in Seymour, Missouri. They're Missouri-based, and their telephone number is 417-708-5359. You can also email them at sales at windandsolar.com. And if you really want to get in-depth, come to our hands-on workshop in Seymour, Missouri. You can get all the details on the website, windandsolar.com, and you can be wowed by all the fantastic knowledge of David McDerris, who's sitting here with me today. How are you doing, David? Good. Excellent. So for today's podcast, let's take a few minutes and talk about adding on to your existing system, which I did not so much further back, but what are some of the implications and what do you need to be able to look at and get ready for if you decided to add on to your system? And let's talk about the number one thing that I would imagine people add on, which is batteries and or more batteries. So- First one would be batteries. If you're just adding on batteries and you've never had batteries on your system before, right? So if we're doing that, or if you're wanting to attempt that, first thing is going to be to look at the inverters that you have. Certain inverters will be able to go back and add batteries fairly easy. Solark being one of them. Solark is very easy to add batteries into. It could have been grid time for years without it. And then you add batteries very easy into that system. Some of the other ones on the market are going to be a little bit more painstaking to do. Solar Edge, for instance, if you use like the micro inverters, you're probably going to have to, at that point, actually use another inverter like a Solark and then do what they call AC coupling. And basically what you're going to have to do is trick those inverters into thinking that there's always grid power available because that's how those inverters were designed to operate is only when the grid was up and running because they were only feeding back to the grid, feeding your home first in most cases and feeding back to the grid. And so you can do it. It's not an easy task. It is kind of complex, but it's doable. But that's the first thing that you're going to have to check is what style inverter that you are currently running. Okay. So is it always going to be that you need to replace or can you add or can you do both or what's kind of there again you might be able just to add you may have to replace in certain cases take for instance we used to sell a micro inverter the aims produced great units there would be no way to ac couple those it's impossible you cannot ac couple that unit and so if that was your intentions you are going to have to replace those well so i guess the one i'm more curious about is how batteries are going to come into play with your inverter is saying, you know, I know one of the things that we try to be very specific about with customers is making sure up front that we kind of size that inverter to where they're going, not where they are. Right. And so what's going to have to happen just to add batteries to your system, you are going to have to purchase a battery-based inverter. Well, unless you've got like the Solar. Unless you have the Solar. But and is if the, you don't have the Solar. MPP? 
Yeah, the newest MPP will grid tie, but the current one that's on the market will not what grid tie. What about SRNE? SRNE, same thing. They're 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 not grid tie capable at this point. They're going to be. Uh, that's the thing they're working on. Everybody's kind of moving that way. But as of right now, there again, you're going to have to have a grid tie capable unit that you can there again AC couple and kind of trick this system back into letting it run. Now it doesn't have to be as large of an inverter. You know, instead of having to be build like the big 15K inverter from Solark, it may be a smaller inverter that you might be able to get away with, but there will be some form of, and you might be able to even do it with the SRE and the MPP units if everything works right. Because what you're going to do is AC couple, you're going to use them to trick the units that you have while the sun's out, by, mind you, while the sun's out. So basically they're working like a big sun tack to go ahead and keep feeding your home all right so if you're wired directly into your breaker panel it would keep going ahead and feeding your home while the sun's out issue with this all of this is is the battery bank a lot of times is not large enough to feed the home for any period of time after the sun goes down because you may have a 30 panel system on your roof versus just having to go three teenagers you're right (laughs) charge controllers and the whole deal and so if your overall need is i have to run 24 hours a day then there is no alternative besides just changing the inverter. You're going to have to get rid of the old inverters and get to the new. So, Okay. What about batteries? If I want to add batteries, what do I need to do? Okay. So adding batteries, there again, we looked at the inverter. We've determined the inverter can do that, right? And so we choose the battery chemistry that we want to do. And then we have to verify, is that controller or is that inverter, if it's an all-one type system, is it capable of doing the chemistry that you want it? to do so certain battery chemistries have to have very narrow charging parameters lithium being one of those the most common of those it's going to have to have a very narrow charging parameters it can only go down so far it can only go up so far right so the voltage has to be very narrow so we're going to have to make sure that we stay that our inverter is capable of doing that programming to fit within those parameters of that battery that you're trying to add because not all batteries are the same so Simplify versus the Fortress versus many different ones on the market, Battleborn, different ones on the market. Every one of them's charging parameters are different. And so as such, like Solark has a very, very wide range of input and voltage parameters. They can go from 44 volts all the way to 64 volts. There's not a battery on the market that doesn't fit within those parameters. Well, but the other thing about batteries is just mixing and matching ages as battery and that. Right, yeah. And I was going to get to that here in just a second. That is a great deal that, or a great point that you're bringing up there. But the first thing that we'd have to look at it is the inverter and making sure that it can do the batteries that you're wanting to do. Now, if you've already got batteries, right, you've started out with batteries, you've got the Solark. Say you've chosen flooded lead acid as your battery chemistry, okay? If you've chosen flooded lead acid for your battery chemistry and your batteries are over a year old, you're going to have, not to say that you can't add those batteries to that system, you can But this is going to work the exact same way in every battery bank, no matter the chemistry. You're going to deplete the life of that battery back to the oldest battery in the mix. Okay, so I use the remote control analogy a lot. You take your remote control, it's got four AA batteries. You've only got three new ones in the box. You grab the three new ones, you put it in, and you're like, it still don't work. It still does not work for me. I don't know what's going on. It's because of the oldest battery. It works to the oldest battery and the weakest battery. Yeah. You're paying today price for right. yesterday's and what, if you battery. Leave, if you leave those batteries in there overnight, 
those other three batteries, you might as well throw them away when you throw the fourth one away because you've destroyed those as well. I mean, it will literally suck it down and just drains the life from them. Is it not doing any balancing on them? It does not do balancing. It just sucks the life away from them, and they're just all ruined at that point. So when we have people that have batteries, I'm not saying you can't add them over a year. Just know that you're going to have a negative impact. So if you're adding a whole new group of batteries, right? So you started out with eight batteries on a 48-volt system. It's been a couple years, and you're saying, I need to increase my battery bank because I'm not getting through the night like I once was. I'll just increase my battery bank to eight more, you can do that. You've just took two years off those batteries. And if the average lifespan on those batteries are five to six years, you've just now got a three to four year battery. So how do you bring yeah. them in? Are you just bringing them in on their own you inverter? Would, or So how I would bring them in is just a whole new set, depending on the chemistry there again, like a combiner box. That won't have the effect on it by just paralleling them together from battery to battery wood. It still doesn't have the perfect effect on them. But- at that point, really, if they're over two years old, you need to just think about another inverter. I mean, you need to think about splitting off to a different inverter, leveling these batteries, you know, letting this new inverter feed this, feed the other side of the panel or whatever you want it to do. It's just you're going to have really, ne- especially on leaded at leaded acid and AGM. AGM are even worse because the AGM has still got that one to two year time frame up front, but these are an eight to ten year battery. And so you might get, you know, another eight years out of these batteries, or you might get six to eight years out of the batteries. You could still do it. Now, now lithium are not as bad. They won't do that near as bad as the, they do it a little bit, but it isn't near like the flood of the acid and the AGM there. But if you read your warranty on our lithium batteries, they go back to the oldest battery in the, in the in your series, in your series or in your string. So if you have a battery that's capable, it's got a 10-year warranty, and you get to five years and say, I'm going to add another battery, well, now you've got a five-year warranty on that battery that had a 10-year. So it starts coming a time that you're like, uh, I don't want to do that. You know, So be five years on a lithium battery. And or just know that, hey, I'm not willing to buy all new batteries. I understand I've just got a five-year warranty. It doesn't have the near the impact on it, though, by adding batteries later on in the field that the flood of lead acid and the AGM do. So. Okay. Well, what about adding solar panels? Solar panels is not a big deal at all. So adding solar to your system, that's not going to have an impact. The only thing that you're going to have to worry about on that, there again, you're going to have to look at the, if it's an all-in-one inverter. So all-in-one inverter would be that it's an inverter and a charge controller all-in-one. Okay, so it does everything through this one unit. You're going to have to make sure that you're not exceeding the max input voltage and amperage of that unit and total wattage. Now, if you've got a charge controller, right, like a, say, a Midnight Classic 150, let's say that we're using 300-watt panels. On a Midnight Classic 150 at 48 volts, you can have a max input of about 4,600 watts of solar panels. Okay, so if you go out to your array and you said, okay, well, I've got 10 panels out here in the 300-watt. I'm at 3,000 watts. Well, then you can go ahead and add another five panels to that and be fine. The only thing that you're going to have to worry about when you're adding panels, just like when the original setup, is to make sure that you keep the series strings even. So if you went out and you said, okay, well, I'm going to add five panels, but you're in series strings of two, you can divide five by two, but you come up with a half and that's not going to work. So you can't really do that. So you'd either have to go to six or four. You can overdrive that classic a little bit. So you might be able to get away with it. And it's just all you're going to have to look at it 
And like Midnight, they have what they call a sizing tool that you can go put in all your information in this sizing tool. And it'll tell you if it's going to be able to do that or not. And it'll tell you okay in green, or it'll tell you basically no in red. And then it'll say maybe marginal. So if it says marginal, don't do it. It's like going through the yellow light when it's been yellow for about five seconds. You're really not sure if it's going to go red or not. So Well, so is age of panels any consideration? Age of panels, if your panels are over 15 years old, same thing. They're always going to go back to the, especially if you're adding them in strings. If you're adding to the string of the panels, then they're going to go back to that oldest panel. More than likely, you won't be adding them in string because most people set them up in the original strings. And so you're not going to come, they're not going to have that same. So they're going to have that full warranty on that. But panels also are like batteries. They're always going to go to the lowest producer, right? Yes. So, so if yes. they've been up there so, a while and yeah, they're crusty yeah, and it's going to. Yeah. So if you were going to add them to a string, right? And in case you don't know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about string, I think Wes does, but in case as your listeners don't, when I'm talking about a string, a string is going positive to negative from panel one's positive to panel two's negative to panel two's positive to panel three's negative and so on. So you're mm. making a string. A big daisy of, chain. Right. Of you're making a big daisy chain. You're increasing the voltage all the time. You're not increasing the amperage. And so if you do that and you add a panel, a new panel onto the end of an existing old and they've degraded down a little bit, right? So they're only producing about 92, 93%. Well, that's all you're going to get out of this new panel is the 92, 93%. It's not going to pull them all back up. It's going to pull it down. It only pulls down. It never pulls back up. Matter of fact, I was on Facebook earlier on the DIY site and on solar and a guy was talking about mixing his panels and he had these different. And so I've did the math for him and told him pretty quick what he was going to see on that. And he had 230 watt panels and he said, I've put these two together. And he said, I'm only seeing about, he thought he would be seeing 260 watts. He said, I'm only seeing about 176, 177 watts at most. And so I asked him for his specifications on the back and he gave me the specifications and I showed him the math of why he was seeing that. And, And he was blown away by it. He was like, well, nobody's ever told me that before. And they were both 130 watt panels. I thought they would be the, anyway, I don't know how many people have already commented on that. Like, I didn't know that. That's crazy. You know? So when you add panels together and adding panels, okay. So you asked me about adding panels. If you add a panel, just because it's a 300 watt panel and you already had a 300 watt panel, if they are different on their specifications on the back of what, let's just say, that you had one that was 30 volts and 10 amps. Your first ones were 30 volts and 10 amps, 300 watts, right? Voltage times amperage equals wattage. And so the next one was, let's just say it was 45 amps or 45 volts. Then you would be 7.5 amps, I do believe. You got to get the lowest of both. Your panels are going to work 7.5 times 30. And so when you do that math, you've got just a little about 220 watt panels. So when you said that, is it bringing both of them down to the it lowest? It uses the lowest voltage and the lowest amperage. So you've really screwed up. So you really screwed up. So if you have some panels, uh, we sold them here for a while, amorphous panels. They were a big single cell panel. They were just a huge single cell panel. They were a real thin panel. Had They were just all glass. Really good looking. Really yeah. good looking. Uh, Sam actually uses them. But they were 88 volts and they were 100 watt panels and they were like 1.5 amps. Well, then we've got another 100 watt panel sitting over here. It's 22 volts, but it's eight amps, right? So it's quite a bit larger, right? Or it's not even eight amps, it's like five amps something. 
And so if you asked to add those two together, you would get 22 volts times 1.5 amps. You'd have about 30 watt panels <laughs> is what you'd have. So it's really, really detrimental to the adding panels. So that's one thing you really, really, if you're going to add panels, the only thing that you can add to the system and not worry about after the fact is a wind turbine. You add a wind turbine anytime you want, so long as you use the proper charge controller to meet that battery chemistry. And I suspect you could add multiple wind yeah, turbines. Yeah, multiple it wind be. turbines. Even if you had one wind turbine up and you said, hey, I want to add it, you know, maybe at Wes's house, he says, I want to get another one of these. I've got the room. I want to get another one. And that would be the only thing that would hold you back is just having the room to do that because you have uh, wind wash on. So if the Dirty two wind, towers yeah. Yeah, are directly so like at Wes's house his predominant wind is southwest so if he takes another tower and goes within about 60 foot of his first tower he's going to get wind wash back on that second tower predominantly because that's the prevailing wind is southwest so he would want to set this thing it'll look like it's producing but it's not He'd want to set it off to the northwest or northeast, and that way he's not really getting the wind wash on it. So, yeah, and it would look like it's producing, but you would see that back one always kind of that tail moving and dancing. And that's uh, not good. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. Dancing's good in a lot of respects, but dancing turbines are not good. So if your turbine's dancing, you need to check the wind flow because it's you got something giving it turbulent wind. Okay. So. Anything else we need to think about with upgrading? Nope. Just if you've got any questions on that, though, definitely that is the place to call yeah, us back. It's very or, much a time or, or send us an email that, because you can really have negative impacts on your system by just doing some of these little things that we just talked about and not finding out the correct procedures for it. So, okay. All right. Well, I think we got this one handled and appreciate you tuning into the podcast. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast or just want to say hello, email us at radio at windandsolar.com. As always, check out our store at windandsolar.com and buy some stuff. Your financial support underwrites our educational outreach like the podcast, YouTube channel, and local STEM collaboration. It also keeps Lucy and her doggy chicken treats. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>